may not mean nothing to y'all Understand nothing was done for me So I don't plan on stopping at all I want it forever, mine, never mind What's up guys and welcome to episode number two of Dream, Achieve, and Succeed. First and foremost, I want to thank everybody who listened to the first episode. I'm just truly inspired by all of the different people who reached out and supported me in every different way. I encourage each and every single one of you guys listening to subscribe and write a review and rate my podcast. I also encourage you to tell somebody about this podcast that you may think needs the extra motivation or has the motivation but just needs the tools to achieve whatever goal it is that they want to achieve. So today I'm excited to announce that we have our first ever guest. Today's special guest is Tristan Manerfield. He's a second lieutenant in the United States Army, just like myself. He graduated from West Point with me, and he has a very inspiring story. But I don't want you guys to get caught up in the story that he tells. I want you guys to listen to what he has to say after the story, because he goes on to explain the different things that allowed him to overcome the adversities that he's had, and, and the traits that he displayed in overcoming his adversity are traits that a lot of successful people have, and that a lot of people need in order to be successful. Because when he got knocked down, he got right back up, and he continued to move towards the goals that he set for himself to accomplish. All right, Tristan, go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself and your background. All right. So, yeah, I'm Tristan Manderfeld. Uh I grew up in Minnesota, and um, my main sport for my entire life was wrestling. Like, that's all I ever did. I kind of dabbled in other sports. Like, I always played baseball, like football. I ran track and field. But, like, my main sport, like, I always did was wrestling, kind of, like, year-round. And I ended up kind of going places with it and getting into high school. I realized that I wanted to at least attempt to wrestle in college, like the highest level, because that's one of my goals with really anything I do is try just to see how far I can take it and see where it can take me. And if it's not that far, it's it's always okay. So uh, I ended up wrestling in the summer, and one of my co- summer coaches was on the world team with the West Point head coach at the time. So uh, I expressed some interest in kind of going to West Point and he just made that connection happen. And then less than, uh, less than two weeks later, me and Lincoln Ballinger, one of my good friends, we were on a plane headed out to West Point. And we were honestly almost – we almost didn't think we wanted to go there just because of like – we heard it was hard. We heard like you kind of got restricted on freedoms. You just It was just going to be kind of a different kind of lifestyle, and we weren't really sure about it. But after that two-day visit, we both looked at him. Mm-hmm. He called me like two days after we got back. And it was like, hey, man, this is where I'm going. This is where I want to – this is where I want my life to go. And I, I kind of knew at that exact uh-huh. same moment that that was the path I wanted to go around, down as well. Go ahead. So, go ahead. <laughs> so, um, so like, I ended up, get, like, kind of taking that summer a little bit easier after the high school season. I finished up high school season strong with wrestling my senior year. And I knew uh, – we have to go report early, so I knew I was going to be kind of limited on my actual summer. So I just kind of took it easy with wrestling, just stayed in good shape, just got an overall good physical okay. fitness and got stronger just coming into it. And my senior year, I had a few, a few like health problems with my neck, but it was it didn't seem anything to be concerning because it always went away so fast. And then mm-hmm. freshman year, I get to West Point, and probably about halfway through the first semester, uh, like one of the like craziest things like in my life honestly probably like the most changing experiences is like we were just practicing and just rolling around and all of a sudden like both my arms went completely numb and like I couldn't feel anything like throughout my whole back and that was probably one of the scariest experiences that I've uh that I've had to deal with because I just had no no idea or control of what was happening 
you basically, I mean, wrestling was almost your life growing up and going through high school, going through um, even getting into college, and it helped you to get to a school that, you know, eventually you really wanted to go to. So after that incident, like, what happened? Were, was What did they say the, the injury was, and, like, what was the outcome for you as a wrestler? Like, was it, you know, were you able to continue wrestling, or, or did the doctor kind of shut you down? Like, what happened after that? So it was honestly, at first, it was like a real uphill trend. Like I went to our trainers and like, they were pretty good. Like they did what they thought with what they had. Like they kind of thought it was like maybe like a slip disc, you know, maybe like a little pinched nerve. And they're like, yeah, three, four weeks Mm -hmm. recovery, like with some physical therapy, like massage, like you'll be honestly good to go. So like that got me, that got me in like good spirits. Like I was like, okay, these people know what's going on. They're some Mm -hmm. of the best. And so I was pretty stoked to just kind of, like just take the physical recovery super seriously and then just get back after it. Cause like the season really hadn't even started. And okay. then all of a sudden one of the doctors kind of recommended, he, he kind of was a little bit worried. I honestly don't know what set him off, but he recommended that I go to like Walter Reed down in DC just to get ch- double checked out. He was like almost convinced it was like nothing to worry about, but he just wanted to be precautious, especially since like I was pretty new to the school and he didn't want me to get, kind of terminally injured my first year. So I, I get on a flight probably in November of my uh, freshman year. And I'm pretty, like, honestly, pretty happy. Like, I'm just going to go there, get everything reconfirmed, like, see some of the best doctors in the world. Cause I did some research on it, like, amazing hospital. And the doctor came into, like, the waiting room I was in, like, in his, in his office. It was like, well, yeah, you're definitely never going to wrestle again. And, and, like, my face kind of just, like, dropped. I was like, wait wait what what do you mean like are you t- are you talking to the right person and uh, yeah. he's like wait what do you mean you you weren't aware that like you probably weren't gonna wrestle i'm like no like i was was told that three four weeks physical therapy i'd be back out there i'd be full strength like better than ever if not stronger and mm-hmm. yeah. um he kind of just laid it all down saying like hey man you you can you can still wrestle like it's not it's not an option that you can't do but he's like there's like a 95% chance that like if you continue wrestling, you're not going to be able to commission or probably even graduate from the academy. And uh, wow. that was um, something like I, I kind of just kept it to myself until I got back to school because it was just some heavy news. I didn't really, I wouldn't really know who to like what to call and like who to call or what to say even because mm-hmm. it's just like something you've kind of done your whole life and someone just says like, hey, there's like there's a super, super strong chance you'll never do this again. And if you do, it could really, it could really mess you up forever. Wow. So after hearing that news, how long did it take you to talk to your coaches or talk to your family or talk to anybody about it? Like what happened after, after you got back to school? Um, so, I mean, I got back on like a Saturday night and I was like pretty down. So I just honestly went to my room, kind of went to, got back late Saturday night, like 10 or 11. So I just, it was normal. So I went to bed like slept in real late and then we actually had a super uh a super good like kind of mentor on our team who was a who was a senior named Paul Hancock and he was honestly probably the first person I talked to because he was just like a super positive person and uh always kind of was just able to put things in perspective like he already been almost through his all four years he went to the prep school like he kind of in my mm-hmm. opinion had been around the block and he kind of just put it yeah, he kind of it was hard to hear because he was like one of the team co-captains but he even put it in perspective he's like hey man just think real hard is wrestling the reason you wanted to go to college and is it the reason you came here 
And he's like, if you want to leave and try to wrestle somewhere else, maybe he's like, think about it. You could, you could get injured anywhere else too, and then be out wrestling and still not be here. So it was just a lot. It was just like a, yeah. it really put it in perspective to like kind of step outside yourself and ask like, Hey, is wrestling my life? And is that why I came here? Or, yeah. or did I come here to kind of better myself and challenge myself in other ways? I take it after that, you ultimately decided to stop wrestling and, and break the news to your coaches that you were going to be done. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't remember exactly, but probably that Monday I went and talked to him and kind of just like, I texted him all like, Hey, can I meet like half an hour before practice and just like talk to all you guys about my trip to the hospital? I mean, cause they were expecting the same thing I was expecting when I left, like, Hey, three, four weeks, like you'll be back out there. Like just in time for the beginning, like beginnings part of the season yeah. to like get after it. <clears throat> and they were honestly uh, way more supportive than, uh, than I thought they could have been because like, it would have been super easy to just be like, Hey man, well, end of the semester, thanks for being here. Well, we're not on scholarship, but we have a team capsize, like go find a different spot for next semester. Like good luck. But, uh, they were super supportive yeah. and they wanted to see me like, uh, they wanted to see me kind of be successful in whatever I chose to do. So they let me stay on the team that whole next semester. And they kind of just gave me one job. It was anyone else who was injured or I like, couldn't wrestle because of any condition. It was to like work out with them mm -hmm. and just kind of like, bust their butt to make sure that they were getting in good shape and getting good workouts. So I was just like kind of responsible of all of all the injured kids. And it gave me, okay. and they just encouraged me to kind of look around at other things I was passionate about and um, find something else to do and like be competitive in or be passionate about or uh, be a manager for the team for next year. Okay. Now I'm going to fast forward a little bit. I know you ultimately chose to go to a different, sport in a different route and during your time at West Point what where did that decision come along where you said you know hey I'm not going to stick around as the manager for the wrestling team anymore or or just work out with the injured guys I'm going to kind of go along a different path that you may have never done before so I mean I like, I kind of thought about being the manager but I just thought it would probably be one of the toughest things toughest things ever to like sit back and watch some of your best friends like do the thing you love and uh, and just mm -hmm. not be able to do it day in and day out. Like I knew they'd be super grateful for any help I gave, you know, like at matches. Like, but it, it was just honestly, ultimately, I, I couldn't sit there and and just watch something I, like I thoroughly enjoyed and not be able to do it. So I originally thought um, I wanted to join the track team, and I kind of had that whole second semester to figure out what I wanted to do. And I talked to one of the coaches down there and some of the runners. And I was able to work out with them and uh, got their training plan. So all throughout, like, basically December until August of next year, uh, I was just running super hard. Like, on Christmas break, I'd come home and train mm -hmm. with, like, my friend who was running at the University of Minnesota. And I was just honestly – that was, like, my main goal was to try to to try to make a, to make the track team. And I just thought that would have been super cool to transfer from one Division One sport to another and just try to, like, try to be as successful as I could at it. And what happened whenever you joined a track or whenever you went back to try out or, or, or what happened whenever you began to pursue a track career? So, I mean, honestly, I was, I felt like super fit running. Like I was running all the time and was pretty stoked. Like I, during the first reorganization week, like that first little week before classes actually started, I was like doing all the runs mm -hmm. with them and it like felt like super good. Like I felt like I was going to be able to make the team, especially with another semester of training and like the tryouts coming like still in November with another three months. I thought I was real 
had a real good shot of actually making the team. And this class has started and we went to like an NCAA regulation and rules meeting. And apparently the coach I talked to last year, like left the program and they got a new coach and he, he pointed me, he pointed at me like in the whole auditorium kind of in front of everyone. It was like, Hey man, uh, who are you? I'm like, are you like a freshman? Like, what do you, you, what do you run? I'm like, oh, nah, I'm, I'm just saw, starting sophomore year and I'm trying out for the team this year. And in front of everyone, like almost mm-hmm. instantaneously, he's like, Hey, we're not having tryouts this year. We have too many recruits. So sorry. Wow. And, uh, that again, so it just shut you down on a spot. Yeah. Like it, I honestly was like pretty stunned. And some of the people that I had been running with like for the week and like during like the past year were like, kind of just looked at me like, wow. Like I did not expect that. Like it was yeah. a pretty, it was a pretty wild like talk. Cause I was like, I, wow. I just like spent like a couple months finding out what I really wanted to do. Like trained for like three quarters of a year, real hard for it. And then, just got shut down without even giving a chance to like actually try out. Like it'd be one thing like to try out and be like, Hey man, times aren't fast enough. But it was, yeah. it was another thing that but just like it shut down before you even started. Before you could even get a chance. Yeah. Wow. So you go to West Point for a sport you've done all your life pretty much. And you get told that basically you shouldn't wrestle anymore. And then you go and you try something else. Another thing that you're pretty good at in high school and, you know, you become passionate about it and you want to succeed at it and you get shut down on the spot without even giving a chance. So there's two examples of failure during your time at West Point. After you get shut down by the track coach, what was going through your mind? Like what were the, some of the feelings that you had and, and the thoughts that you had during the time? It was almost like it was almost the same as wrestling, but like not as it was almost honestly worse because like with wrestling, I was kind of just told like, hey, man, there's nothing you can do about this. And then with the track team, like I was, it was just training so hard for something new. I like got passionate about it, like did all my research on it and uh, just got shut down before I even did. And I was like, man, I, I really don't know what I'm going to do. Cause like my coaches last year gave me all this time to train, find something I'm passionate about and really just set myself up for success. And the door just got closed right in my face before I, before I even got a chance to walk through it. So what did you do after that? Um, or uh, what was this? Your sophomore yeah. year at this point, where when you got shut down? The beginning of my sophomore year, yeah. Okay, so beginning of your sophomore year, you get shut down with track, and so now you're like, what do I do? What's next? What was the next step that you took? So uh, honestly, it was almost a happen chance thing. I was like, kind of just going back to my room, and uh, like all the clubs and all the others like sports that aren't like Division One, I, I always post up flyers for tryouts that happened in the first two or three weeks of school and mm-hmm. I saw a poster for for the cycling team and kind of just it advertised all the things that they did like how much they travel how much they compete and mm-hmm. my dad was a super passionate cyclist when I was growing up so like okay. I knew how to bike like I had a few bikes I even did a few little small races when I was a kid but nothing significant and uh I just kind of mm-hmm. looked at that and was like man I could probably I could probably give this a good shot and so I went down to the the club night where they kind of advertised all the different clubs and just talked to the team captain at the time and told them like, hey man, here's my situation, here's what I've been through, like here's my experience with biking, like I really want to like just give it my all and I want to be competitive at this at the highest level I can be was basically what I told them. Wow. In less than three semesters, you went from wrestling to track to cycling. And I take it you got on the team right away. You 
got through tryouts obviously because you made a team correct yeah so it was the tryout was um a lot of the people who were trying out like had probably previously like ridden like a race bike um they weren't real comfortable on it so like having having had one when i was growing up and like seeing my dad on it like i was kind of miles ahead of most people trying out and uh was able to make the team and that was probably that was probably one of the most like nervous i've been for like that week after tryouts until until we got like the email saying like congratulations you made the team because like if that didn't come through i like i really didn't know what i would do cuz i'd have kind of just been just kind of struck out three times and uh, um not really to do at that point i mean a lot of people after the first time they quit there's there's a lot of times when you know even I saw former teammates of mine when, during my time at West Point on a football team who would get cut or they would get hurt and they would just go and just do just be a student and I mean that that takes a lot of t- determination to literally go from wrestling to track to cycling all within a matter of three three semesters and to kind of not stop it shows that you have a lot of d- determination to be successful and to compete at a high level. That's an admirable trait, and and I definitely commend you for it because I don't know if I could have kept going like that. After you uh, made the team in cycling, where were you in terms of a competitive level amongst the rest of your teammates and whenever you guys started competing and things like that? So uh, there's like there's the collegiate uh, division, and it starts there's it's four letters. It's D, C, B, and A, with A being like the highest division, and. Uh, uh-huh. You have to you have to kind of work your way up. Like the first year, you have to you have to start in C's at the at the highest and uh, kind of just like get a few top fives, get a few podiums, and kind of work your way up. And I knew I was kind of already starting a little bit behind the curve because I I didn't start my freshman year, so I was already a sophomore where a lot of the new people on the team were freshmen. And so I kind of took it upon my I kind of like felt like I had something to prove like. Not like a chip on my shoulder because I mean none of these people really did anything, but I kind of just I really wanted to prove myself that like, hey, even though uh even though I had one less year to kind of give the team, I'd be worth I like I I would have been worth it. How long did it take you to get to a point to where you're compete you were competing at the highest level and at the at the collegiate level? So it it honestly took until it took until my senior year, and that's when things um that's when things really started clicking. Uh, and the end of my junior year, like I was starting to starting to do well in races against like some actual racers, uh, not just a bunch of college kids, um, mm-hmm. and I was starting to kind of be able to go to the races I really wanted to go to, and uh, I wanted to get to A's by my senior year in every in every style, and that was that was my main goal, and I kind of I was able to make it happen through honestly a lot of support from the school and from the team and our coaches, and then just teammates mm-hmm. too, because. It'd have been it'd have been too easy to kind of just like stay in the category that you're like doing really well in, but I always kind of mm-hmm. wanted to just kind of see what see where that next step did. And in the fall of my senior year was when I first made that step. Uh, I I jo- I decided to try to do some of the pro races in the fall uh, against like legitimately mm-hmm. legitimately people who had like world point world rankings and. Uh, yeah. yeah, my first race with him, I got stomped, like absolutely, <laughs> absolutely stomped. Like I didn't even finish the race. Like the the referees pulled me because I was I was too far off, and like wow. And people kind of like our team kind of like looked at me as I came off, like expected me to be like super pissed, 
or like real mad, you know, because like, you're a competitive person. Like you do what they perceive as like poorly. And um, yeah, honestly, it was anything but that. Like I came off honestly just stoked. Like it was the, probably one of the craziest, like craziest races I've and I'll always remember. It was just like the start was so fast. Like even the people who I was like battling against like near the back. Like I beat like I think four people out of seventy that race. Like, I think I got like sixty fifth out of seventy, and like even the people <laughs> I was like battling in the back would have been uh would have yeah. been placing like top five to eight in the other race that was like before that. And wow. so, so like even even though I like did poorly, it was just like such an experience, and like it kind of just put everything into perspective. Like because you win a race or something, you do well on a podium, and you're like, oh, I'm hot shit. Like I'm I'm good, and then it just. It was humbling to take that next step up and just just get basically kicked in the teeth. And so from there, I take it you just kept on doing more pro races and doing doing as many races at a higher level than you were before, just to continue to push yourself because you came off and even though you got stomped by a lot, the vast majority of the competition, you still beat some people. You weren't last. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Like it, it kind of gave you some motivation right there. I remember you mentioned earlier uh, before we started the podcast that you're doing races t- to this day. Do you think that your experience in your first race has helped helped you understand where you need to go, or was it just because you know you got used to that level of competition? Like, what was it that kind of catapulted you to the point to where you are now? Um, so honestly, it's just being able to like see yourself progress. It was it was pretty awesome. Like you know, you have like a few bad races in a row, and then I remember. One race in particular was Byer School, probably had like 55 people. And I managed like, I think it was like a 23rd or something in like the pro race. And like, that was, I was overjoyed. Like, I was like, damn, I just beat some people who like, I've been watching compete and like stomp me out. Like, it was just like, it was kind of just kind of going after that, like one moment of like where everything like kind of clicked, where everything came together and you just had, I had that, that race. And it's kind of, it's kind of almost embarrassing to say like one of your happiest results is like a 23rd place. But uh, yeah, it was just kind of, it was just kind of a, uh, it was just a check mark to say like, hey man, you're going like keep on keeping on with what you're doing, and if you if you keep wanting to do it, you'll be able to take some steps. I think a lot of the traits that you show that you've shown throughout your time from you know when you first got there as a freshman or a plebe at West Point to the point to where you're able to compete now at a high level in cycling in a completely different sport that you really didn't have almost no experience in except for whenever you were like a little kid one of the traits that you display is is your your perseverance and your determination to continue to succeed and compete and i think that's that's really important is and for a lot of the people who are listening who are listening to this competition and and determination and perseverance those are all things that are going to help people succeed and it's obviously helped you catapult you to another level that you weren't at before and so I'm going to go back a little bit or I want you to kind of reflect and and talk about what you relied on to overcome the adversity that you've that you've had from, you know, your neck injury, from, you know, getting shut down at track to cycling, starting a whole new sport. What did you rely on? Was it your support system? Was it just a mindset? Like what was it that kind of pushed you to keep going and, and not stop? Well, two things. Like, one of them was definitely a support system. Like, all the kids on the wrestling team, like, it wasn't like I quit. It wasn't like I quit the team or kind of left on bad terms. Like, I was still good friends with all of them. Like, 
uh, I, I always supported them and like they were super supportive when I uh, told them I was trying out for the cycling team. Like I honestly think a few of them were were more stoked for me than I was when I told them I made the team because it was kind of like kind of like a sigh of relief. Like all right, he's got something to do now and like put all his put all his energy into. And then another one was kind of just yeah. being able being able to step back and truly observe like kind of what you're doing and just be aware of all your own biases. Like I could have felt bad for myself when I when I found out I, I couldn't make the track team, like I could have been super bitter, like sat in my room, like played video games, and, like been super bitter. But I knew that kind of mm-hmm. almost time was of the essence. And I kind of had to just like put my head down and figure something out what I wanted to do. And uh, was lucky enough to be able to find, find the cycling team, which, which has definitely given me a lot. Yeah. I mean, having, a support system, I think, in place is something that's really important. I mean, even if they're not giving you advice or uh, or they're not experts in whatever it is that you want to do, whether you know you're running a business or whether you're going from wrestling to cycling, because I'm sure not too many wrestlers know much about cycling. But having that support system is really important to kind of keep you going and and keep you moving forward. And obviously, you're you're pretty lucky to have the teammates and and friends that you had during that time to rely on so overall what do you think is the biggest lesson that you took from this whole from that whole experience and that's going to help you in your time out of college and in the army or even out of the army um i'd say the biggest lesson i kind of just took from kind of just basic a lot of failure really quickly because i mean a lot of people who go to the who go to west point like haven't really failed too much and uh like not not trying to be cocky or arrogant, but like most people haven't had like a lot of failure just shoved in their face, and I kind of felt the same. You know, I like the little failures, but no no major life events that that really struck me as as like kind of crucibles. And then having two of those right kind of back to back, it was kind of just being able to persevere and just find something you want to do and uh just kind of being adaptable like all right uh because i think it was within a day of not making the track team i was kind of talking to like the cycling captain and just finding out as much as i could like, wow. talking to my dad like hey dad wow if i make this team like would uh like obviously don't have too much money as a college kid but i'd be able to borrow some money kind of like get a bike like get all the stuff and he was he was like overjoyed that like i uh like a day and a half ago i told him kind of i wasn't able to make a track team was pretty bummed out and like a day, like a day or two later, I'm calling him like, "Hey, Dad, like I'm trying to make this team. I, I really want to do this, but like obviously one of the one of the financial obstacles is like buying some of the equipment. It's kind of expensive. Like I'll pay you back, but you know, he was like overjoyed to just be able to help me out too, right off the bat. And and what you talk about there is is what we discussed already. You know, you had your support system of not only your friends but your dad, who is I mean, you're doing something that he was obviously passionate about, so he was you know super happy about that and supported you and helped you any way that you could and and like you said just overcoming that adversity being determined to continue to do things i mean not many people would would have been able to turn around that quickly and be talking to to another team captain about joining another sport so from here we're going to go ahead and shift gears and and talk about some some other things uh that might not pertain to you know sports or whatever but we're going to talk about uh, your goals in the army and and what are they out of the army um so within the army honestly right now it's kind of hard to say because even though i've I graduated uh in 2017 in may i've only kind of been at my job for like six months and i haven't really even done the 
haven't really done my job, kind of just been on a staff position. So just kind of uh, taking everything in stride and just figuring out if it's something I like to do and if it's something I want to continue with. And then uh, just uh-huh. making like those small goals, like one of the one of the goals in the next in the next three years is uh, probably go to Sapper School and just try to get go to one of those tab schools to kind of break down a mental barrier, something that I'm not like super comfortable with and just kind of prove myself that I can do it. Challenging yourself and and keeping an open mind to things. That's, that's definitely something that's commendable and that's definitely a good trait to have going forward. Is, are there any like grad schools or certifications? Because I know you're, you're an engineering management major, yeah. correct? So are there any certifications or grad schools that um, you have targeted or, or have written down as your goals, uh, either, you know, either in the army, out of the army, whatever. So, uh, besides Sapper. Yeah. One of the, one of the things I, I would think would really be rewarding if I got the opportunity to do would be to I'm not too set on a grad school. Cause it's, it's obviously pretty far away yet, but, uh, going to a grad mm-hmm. school for like maybe like a project management or systems engineering degree. And then, uh, being a teacher back at one of the academies and being able to help out with, uh, with one of the clubs that gave me a lot would be, I think one of the, one of the most like ultimate goals that I have. And if I was able to do that, that would be something that really made me happy. I think a lot of people, you know, they, they get focused on themselves and what they want in terms of success. And they kind of forget of the overall picture of giving back. And, and that's definitely something that obviously you displayed. And this is something, this is a, a big reason why I'm doing this podcast is because I want to help people, even though like, you know, you and I, we just graduated uh, a little over a year ago in commission in the army and neither of us have gotten an opportunity to be a platoon leader yet. But here we are, you know, we still have succeeded in some ways and we definitely, you and I, I think are alike in a way that we, we have an idea of what we want to do and how we are going to be successful and, and, you know, the path that we want to take going forward and how we're going to give back to people and help people. And so you also mentioned goals. I know a lot of people, they have goals written down, like on their mirror every morning is what is your process when it comes to saying what your goals are and, and going about achieving them? Um, so I, I kind of take two different approaches, like one kind of for out of the army stuff and then one for in the army. Cause in the army, you don't have you you have a little bit of control, but your kind of your career path is almost a little bit set. Like you can you can take control of a few aspects, but uh, you can't try to take too much control because you'll just frustrate yourself. Uh, because it's it's really just a matter of timing if you're allowed to go to certain schools, be in certain positions, uh, and have certain opportunities. And doing everything you can to put yourself there is important, but um, you shouldn't you shouldn't uh, kind of sacrifice the present for what you're hoping in the future because. Uh, a lot of it may not line up. So with like army goals, I kind of just like write down kind of broad goals. Like, Hey, I want to go to the school. I don't really set a timeline because it's kind of whenever it works. Like, Hey, I want to, I want to do this position or do this. I kind of just talk about it more generally. And then with, with, um, with outside the army stuff, I, I can be more specific because like I have more control of it. So for like one example, for cycling i still i'm still competing and there's a national event in california in august and so there's like specific events certain times and uh i just kind of have have that written down like hey i want to do this time in this event like i want to place this high in this event and and there and you can like kind of see your progress towards those and like actually make physical steps towards those so i actually write real specific goals for a lot of things outside of the army Mm -hmm. and kind of keep little books about them and then for inside the army, kind of just more broad and kind of just kind of 
push myself where I want to go. And it's awesome that you have really specific goals outside of the army that you try to achieve in your off time, because I know myself, I, I've experienced not having a whole lot of downtime or time to myself to focus on my own goals. And so a lot of times I have to either do it on breaks or when I get home or even wake up early in the morning to do some of the things that I have set for myself to achieve. So that's definitely commendable. And, and I want people to understand that, you know, time is time is very valuable, but no matter what your profession is, you're not always going to have time. And so being able to create time and, and set those goals to try to achieve them is, is something that's really important. I guess the last, or one of the last things I'll ask, in your opinion, what is one quality or one trait that you think every successful mu- person must have? And and what do you think, and how do you think that will set them apart from the average individual? Um, I kind of said it a little bit already, but it was just, it's just being able to step back and really kind of see what you're doing and don't get the tunnel vision, kind of take the blinders off. And then just kind of being aware of like your own opinions because uh, what you see is like the most important and like the most critical thing when your head's down and you're working towards. I mean, it's so important to you, but maybe in the big picture, it's it's really not that it's not really not that important. And you kind of just have to be able to step back and be like, hey, am I doing what I want to do in the right direction, or am I doing this because uh, mm-hmm. someone else wants me to do it? And I think that's super important to kind of find something you're passionate about, whether it be like sports, like even like anything, like making music, like drawing, painting, just kind of finding something you're about and not just getting uh, sucked into work because, I mean, work will always be there, but like some of your passions kind of, if you take a backseat for too long, they'll kind of just never come out. Yeah, we kind of talked about it before, having an open mind and and even seeing the bigger picture. Um, that, that's that's definitely something that I think that I agree with you on that uh, successful people do have that ability to see the whole picture, take those blinders off, not get tunnel vision and do some of the things you said, especially having an open mind and pursuing what you're what you're passionate about. I know you cycle, but what are some of the other things that what are some of those passions that you have and hobbies and interests that you like to enjoy doing in your downtime? So like. Obviously, cycling takes up a big portion of my time, but there's a there's a lot of other things I like to do because if you just to get too uh too into one thing, you're kind of gonna let everything else, even like friends, family, like other hobbies, kind of just like die out a little bit. So, um, some of the things I really like to do, I'm pretty big into photography. Uh, I like going out, like, and it kind of goes hand in hand with some of the sports. Like, I like doing kind of action photography, going on hikes, taking mm-hmm. pictures like that, um, and then just kind of being able to get away too. So like living in Colorado, going, going to ski all the time. Like that's always something that just um, always practice that, get better at that. And then just overall kind of enjoying things like trying out new things, trying out new restaurants and just uh, uh-huh. ex- experiencing the area you're in because I mean, you'll get to go to some amazing places, but if, if you just kind of focus on work and kind of keep the blinders on, uh, I'm not going to really experience where I'm living, which would be a pretty big shame. All right. Well, Tristan, I appreciate you being on this show and uh, and willing to share your experiences and, and some of the adversity that you've gone through in your life and how you were able to overcome it and succeed and, and the goals that you've achieved for yourself. I definitely see nothing but success for you. Um, whatever, Whether you decide to stay in the Army or get out, I know you're going to be successful, and I really look forward to to watching your path through Instagram and talking to you and staying in contact. So thanks a lot, man. All right. Yeah. Thank you for having me on this. It was when you said you were doing it, 
it seemed like something that'd be pretty cool to be on. So uh, thanks for having me be a part of it. And when you get to the point where all you want to do is be successful, as bad as you want to breathe, then you'll be successful.